Last Friday, the world was treated to the return of CM Punk. Over 15,000 people were on their feet in the United Center, and another 1,129,000 watched from home. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about CM Punk, crazy rampage show, his upcoming match at All Out, and where we think he goes from here. We also have headlines for the last 24 hours. Travis Severance is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 24th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, we are back, and we have CM Punk to talk about today, and there's pretty much no other headlines. So this is uh, this is the topic du jour, Travis. Oh, I'm in heaven. I was so happy when you reached out to me and you texted me the other day and you said, unless something really crazy happens on Raw, we're going to talk about CM Punk because I feel like in this Tuesday slot, sometimes I don't get the good headline. Sometimes I get jumped, jumped the shark a little bit and I don't get to talk about the real hot stuff. So the fact that you wanted to give me some CM Punk, I was pretty pumped up about it. Sorry, WWE Raw fans. I was really hoping that show didn't have a lot to talk about because... I'm a giant CM Punk mark, so. This is the case with most Monday Night Raw, so you don't have to hope too much. There's not usually a ton of news coming out of Raw. It was a big weekend with SummerSlam and everything, and you had the return of Brock and Becky and, and even Kaylee Ray and NXT UK. There's a whole bunch of stuff. And John DeCurry and I talked about that yesterday on the show. We saved CM Punk for today for a lot of reasons. One of them being is that I knew the rating wouldn't be available yesterday. We had some preliminary numbers and some guesses and everything, but as of today, we have all kinds of statistics and numbers based on Rampage and the resulting YouTube views and stuff like that. So as I mentioned in the intro, 1,129,000 overall rating, a 0.53 in the 18 to 49 demo exceeded all but the very first episode of AEW Dynamite. In the demo, Rampage was second overall on cable behind the preseason football game. Here's some more stats, though. In the first 72 hours that CM Punk's t-shirt went on sale at Pro Wrestling Tees, it became the overall greatest, the largest selling t-shirt of all time at Pro Wrestling Tees. It beat out the Bullet Club shirt. So in 72 hours, CM Punk's new shirt beat the long-running Bullet Club shirt that's been on sale for a decade. Punk's return on YouTube has been watched 6 million times. His first promo has been watched 4.3 million times. Uh, Here's the biggest statistics, uh, it's not even a stat, but it's a thing. The biggest headline of all is that Jim Cornette raved about Punk's return. It was effing wonderful. I don't see how they could do any better. Dave Shear from PW Insider, CM Punk just debuted for AEW, and frankly, it was perfect. Cornette, Shear are both typically people who criticize AEW. So to have that from them speaks volumes. And... Hey, CM Punk's making his debut with heels this weekend, too. So he's a busy man. I, I think Cornette is coming around a little bit on the AEW product. He has been very critical of it for a lot of different reasons, some justified, some just to be over the top for his fan base. But I think that the reverence that Tony Khan showed towards Bobby Eaton, who was a very close person to Jim Cornette, gives him the ability to look at that product in a different light. And yeah, his praise of the punk situation was, I guess, a little surprising for me because 
he is not somebody that tends to say that somebody could book something better than what he does very often. And for somebody who's a gritty 60s, 70s style wrestling fan and person that I feel like sometimes he's stuck in that mode a little bit, that's exactly what we got from the CM Punk promo. It was raw. It was heartfelt. It was off the cuff. It was everything that anybody that had any familiarity with CM Punk knew was a genuine unscripted thing, and he's the best in the world at it. The other thing is and when you compare it to the Jim Cornette fan base with, with the CM Punk fan base, Punk hit all the right chords for that group of people too, who are like the hardcore seventies, eighties, uh, even early, you know, nineties, like that are really focused on the strength of the booking and things. Punk said, I left pro wrestling in 2005 and I returned tonight. I couldn't get healthy staying in the place that made me sick. Saying those kind of things, talking about you know, the strength of, of pro wrestling, which is the, that's what Cornette is always complaining about is the pro wrestling. And he paid a homage to a lot of classic guys talking about Terry Funk and, and Harley race and different people that he was allowed to work with. And when, when we saw him at Starcast a couple of years ago, which was absolutely phenomenal, he told some funny stories about a night out with Harley race and some vomit he needed to clean up in his car and stuff. So he's just this strange anomaly of he's worked with classic wrestlers that have a ton of respect from him, dusty included in a modern style. And he's been able to move the needle everywhere that he's gone. Now, I understand what he's saying when his journey in pro wrestling ended and he felt like he went through the, the meat grinder when he got to WWE because his ROH stuff was so flawless. And, and I got to give Triple H some credit. Um, if he knew they were close to punk or very close to signing punk, if they hadn't grabbed Samoa Joe back, oh, his yeah. Samoa Joe trilogy is legendary. His work with Raven is legendary. I'm going to be surprised if we don't see a Raven appearance, maybe because he hasn't been somebody in AEW and there's a lot of history there. So if we see somebody lurking around, it might be Raven up in the rafters too, at some point. So that's interesting. And he's touched so many different places to work. He wasn't a new Japan guy. He was a Japan all pro guy because that's who was working with ROH at the time and stuff. But I think his signing and his appearance speaks volumes to the rest of the wrestling world he's we had talked about it previously on whatever show what a get cm punk cm punk is the largest get you can get because he's a guy who's a legend but he's still inside that age range where he can still go if he wants to and he can do all the other stuff too the commodity that he is higher than any other commodity that AEW could have possibly signed that's living currently there's nobody better that they could have brought in than cm punk not possible. Yeah. And when you compare Punk to the other guys, right? The other guys who are making returns. And I'll even throw like, like your edge in there when he made his big return. Edge left on top. But Edge left on top because of an injury. Same thing with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan left on top and he but he left on top because of an injury. CM Punk left and he was on top. And seven years later, and it, it's also look at John Cena and look at The Rock. These are guys that they make return every once in a while. The Rock's few and far between. John Cena, usually about annually. But they're in the limelight all the time. They're in the spotlight. There's cameras on them. They're movie stars and stuff like that. CM Punk, not to say that he has done, done other things. He's done MMA. He's done some acting. 
but he's, but he's more reserved. He's quieter. And you, we haven't been exposed to him even outside of wrestling, right? It's punk left and he pretty much left public life for seven years with the exception of a, a very few, uh, you know, times. So this was sort of a huge groundswell for this. He's and, running and loose. They never even advertised it, Travis. They never even, all the hinting, they gave, everybody knew it was the worst kept secret. Everybody knew it was happening, which was the perfect way to do it because we were all ready for it. It was built up. They didn't tell us about it. We weren't expect, we weren't like expecting anything. It was on the edge of our seat. How are they going to do it type of thing? We're, oh, a lot of WWE marks were a WWE marks would have been perfectly happy if he never showed up. There were a lot of hints though. For example, Kenny Omega coming out with a chick magnet shirt on and a cookie monster shirt the week before cookie monster shirt. Like all he would have had to come out with the week before that was a Chicago made shirt and we would have been in great shape. But these are throwbacks to, to CM Punk's his moniker there and stuff, but I don't know. It, it, it just puts him on such a different level now in, in, in it. It makes everybody outside of AEW take a little bit of pause and go, huh, WWE couldn't get him back. That's the big landscape. Sure, he did the backstage stuff for a little while, and Renee really encouraged him to do that, and I know he had fun, and he even got himself into a little bit of trouble over there because he wants to be a place where he can speak his mind. If you listen to what he said in his interview, what it goes down to is, hey, can I come out and do my thing can i get my shit in and do it the way that i want to do it and oh yeah all these other people are going to be able to do it their way too and they've got creativity and they've got flexibility and we've got a guy who the people on the outside that want to criticize say is just a giant money mark that's running this ship maybe he is but i'll tell you what he's brilliant it's brilliant i said this yesterday's show this is not a money mark move this is not a situation where he paid I don't know, frankly, I have no clue what he's paying CM Punk, but I'm telling you right now, the ticket sales at the United Center, the money that AEW is getting from the new CM Punk shirt, the number of pay-per-view buys over and above what they would have gotten otherwise for All Out, those three things would probably pay for whatever contract they have with CM Punk. And bye-bye negative video game money. <laughs> like, they sold out, they sold out the on-center. The on-center. That's a basketball place. Like oh, yeah. wrestling goes, the United Center. Like yeah. what, what, that doesn't happen. And they got all these other crazy venues that are selling out too and stuff. And that's the other thing is now that, now that Pump's back, we have to, we watch and see what the ticket movement happens in these other advertised places. Like we, we know already that Milwaukee this week, a whole bunch of tickets went flying off the shelf right after the Punk debut. So that he was announced for Dynamite. So now we may start seeing some more of this happen. Let's see what happens with the, the ratings. Does Wednesday, Wednesday's prime time. So that's a better place for people to go watch CM Punk. It's also midweek. It's not Friday night. People are out doing other things. So what happens on Dynamite this week with the rating? And what sustains on Friday? It'll be a while before we figure out what Punk really means, where they are in October, November timeframe. That'll be the real measure. But certainly all the income that's coming in off of the CM Punk acquisition or, you know, talent acquisition. This was not a bad business decision. No, it, and, it, and it is, it is one of those things where if we're going to go back and we're going to look at this moment a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, and it is going to feel 
I bet, very similar to Hall and Nash showing up on Nitro and Hogan being the third man because it's tectonic. It is a shift. It is something where the, the heart, most ionized WWE fan has to close their eyes and they have to look a little bit because they're a little curious about what's going on over there. What's he going to do? Because there's very few people that didn't get an example of punk and see all the different ways that he recreated himself in a short period of time at WWE to be different and to remain topical. And gosh, the guy feuded for a year with Ryback and made it good somehow. Like it, it, it's just, he's just got so much opportunity to move things around. And the craziest part about it is rampage perfect timing on this. We've talked about it many times. The two hour show for dynamite is the fastest two hours of wrestling we get to see in a week. Okay. Give us another sample of this one hour show with awesomeness. And we know there's more coming. Yeah. Give me this company. Give me this company with Brian Danielson. Give me this company with Wyndham Rotunda. Give me this company with Adam Cole and mix those guys in like real people. And it, it's going to get to the point where it's going to be that much more over. CM Punk can wrestle the roster now and have work for two years without bringing in those other names. Just the different things. Sting is excited to work with. CM Punk, Sting, probably definitely in the top five of most popular wrestlers all time, Sting, you may have Ric Flair showing up, like, it, what is in there to watch? Like, it's almost impossible not to want to tune in to see what the hell's going on, and you have these other shows that are just floundering, and it's like, why am I tuning in versus I can't wait for this to happen? And I don't know what's going to happen. And you know what? The nice part about it is 90% of the time, regardless of what I think about the card going in or anything like that, they're actually going to land the plane. They're going to land it. It's going to be good. Yeah. It has been remarkable how many times you look at the dynamite lineup and you're like, no, 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 this is probably not the best they could do. And then you watch the show and you're like, you're moved by it. The show is actually very good. So it, it almost doesn't matter what the card is because the players that they put on the field are going to put on a show. And it's the thing is it's live. So we ran into that and we talked about it really briefly a week or so ago. Dante Martin showing out. Oh, that God. is a li that is a live show. They're not cutting and pasting to make him look good. That's live TV and the kids showed up. This CM Punk thing is like when Barry Sanders walked away from the NFL and he was the best at his position and didn't come back. This is what happens if he had come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think the parallel is Jordan, but <laughs> that's what they were trying to, trying to show. Sure. But certainly when you think about moments since the, since WCW and ECW shut their doors or were purchased or whatever, however you want to say it, is this the biggest moment wise forget match? Cause you know, there's been great matches, but is this the biggest moment since WSMU and ECW closed their doors. I don't know. So not a few I can think of that are like, I would say that there's only one closer and that was John Moxley showing up and paradigm shifting at the end of the pay-per-view. When John came out of that crowd, now you had another player that was going to start this organization and fire it up. And you had Jericho and Omega in the box and everybody else. And Cody was going to go and you were like, oh, it's on. Cause he was really the first 
WWE guy that was on the outskirts that came in as a surprise and people were like overwhelmed by it. I still think this based on name recognition and possibility is probably going to be the moment that we look back at and say, man, that's where they, they're still, they're, they're on growth. They were, they're, yeah. they're in the middle of growth. This is going to be the one that's going to, that's going to hot shot them there. And just the amount of people that are going to come through and that are going to want to be around that energy. He already talked about it. He talked about the energy level in locker room being attractive. And I'll tell you what, the most interesting thing that I listened to about the media scrum, and I know this hit home for him and I'm so glad that he mentioned it. And it's such a, it's such a him thing. And it does speak to that company culture. When he talked about how AEW handled Brody being sick. Yeah. And none of us knew. None of us knew. I'm from Rochester. I didn't know. None of us knew they were sick. Typically, that would have been all over the place, and it was quiet until he passed. That's a lot of respect for somebody as an individual that's in a showcase TV spotlight setting. And to keep that quiet with the internet the way that it is today and with as many things that are going around says a lot about how much that company actually cares about their individuals. He said himself, I was at that other place. They could care. If I died tomorrow, somebody's going to come up. So that's, it's just a cultural difference. And it doesn't, I I know I've bagged on WWE a lot of times. It it is a different business and it feels like sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And there's such a mega corporation and there's so much money involved and there's so many things going on and so on and so forth. It just feels like to me right now, they're so focused on all of the other things that they lost sight of what made them great. And now they're just putting up a product. Yeah, the product, I guess the best way I would say is the product seems to be a vehicle for everything else that they're trying to do. Like we put out the product so that we can sell the sponsorships. We put the product itself is not necessarily the most important thing. Yep. Yeah. And I think to harden to to fans that want a little bit more for a little bit more meat on the bone. I think we're going to start seeing that more and more. Gosh, if we look at the ratings and we compare them to a year ago and the year before that and stuff like that, it's a downward trend. Now, AEW certainly had some times when they've been just treading water and stuff, but in general, the mobility has been up. You look at dark, you look at elevation, you look at some of the places that they put people in and the the talent that they have there. And the sky is really the limit. It's a, it's nice to have an alternative. Yeah. And no. I know that people also say the roster is big and it's growing with guys like CM Punk and stuff like that. And it's true, but I don't watch rematch after rematch after rematch either. And, and everybody does eventually get their opportunities. And don't forget that there's also five other hours um, that they put out on a YouTube product and they're bringing in money there for an advertisement stuff too. So, so keep some things in mind though, too. <clears throat> you got a lot of guys that are stars. You got a lot of young stars. You got a lot of new stars. You've got some legends mixed in here too. When they don't have to go program after program, Look at what we've really seen for injuries overall. We've got Kazarian. We got Brett Baker with a stint for an injury. Uh, Kenny's supposed to be a little bit banged up. But by and large, we haven't seen these massive, I'm going to be out for a year type injuries from them. And I think that has a lot to do with a reduced work schedule. Yeah. When they're working dark and are working elevation and they're pumping their stats. Those are three to six minute matches where they come out, they do some moves, they show you what their finisher is, and then off they go. It's, I, it's intentional. Yeah. Plus they get, a look at, they get a look at all these other people too. No, how like did you say that? Ideas and stuff like that. 
Danny Garcia, he's just good. There's no, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. The kid's just good, and he's been good for a long time. And there's a reason that he's getting a spotlight like he is in the middle of everybody else that they have on the roster and not getting those same opportunities. He's awesome. He could be AJ Styles awesome at some point if he gets a little bit more under him. Just really good. Somebody the WWE courted, and he said, yeah. nope, I'll pass. All right, well, that's CM Punk, I think, unless you have anything else you want to want to say about it. It was a, it's a watershed moment. It's a pivotal moment. Like you said, I think it's going to be a turning point. We, it'll be so interesting to see where we are two months from now and what the numbers stabilize at. But it's also going to be hard to look at the numbers because stuff keeps piling on. So everything, 100%. Yeah. Everything will look like an anomaly. <laughs> right. You're not right. We're not using a scalpel and chiseling this off of that. I don't know. I think aside from Jungle Boy, this is the perfect person for him to wrestle. Size-wise, he's not going to look like he's under or anything like that. And and Darby can take a bump, and he's not going to ask too much of him and stuff like that. I think it was a very safe, very smart choice. Um, gosh, Darby's had a lot of gloss. You give him Sting, now you're going to give him CM Punk. And I know you and I, when we were listening to his interview with Jericho, maybe two years ago at this point now, it didn't really feel like Darby was going to hang around all that long. Felt yeah. like he was doing this wrestling thing and he was going to get creative and we're going to see him in the new Jackass movie and stuff like that. Maybe the Tony Khan being smart enough to say, okay, kid, you can be creative, but I really need you around here for a lot longer than maybe you thought you were going to stay. And I think it's a smart move. The kid's crazy. He's amazing. At some point, we need to have a conversation because we need, where we, what we need to talk about is who are they going to pull the trigger on? Because you got Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, MJF. Sammy Guevara. These are the, yeah. These are the homegrown guys. Somebody at some point, they're going to have to pull the trigger on, put the big belt on. And who is it going to be? Um, they've been close. They've had good choices. Good matches. Yes. All good choices. But somebody eventually, they, they, they're not going to have to be able to keep going back. And it's tough because the person signs a two-year deal, but the championship reads are six to eight months long. So long. There's not that many opportunities to get a run with that unless they do some quick turns, which I think it's, it's not a bad idea for them to do that, to give us. I think it's the reason why the cooperation helps out too, because they can sure. hold some other belts in some other places as well, because they're AEW's anything but belt heavy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We've talked about a ton of stats for, for CM Punk and one of his return. I have a bunch of SummerSlam stats because WWE just put out a press release this morning. So. We're going to get to that after the break, along with headlines from the last uh, 24 hours or so. And then we'll look at Dynamite light up this week. So stick with us. Uh, we'll be back in a minute and a half. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style. And the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. 
and the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday, it consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, so from CM Punk to SummerSlam, Dendry put had press release this morning with a bunch of facts and figures. More people watched Saturday's event live across Peacock and the WWE Network than any other SummerSlam in the company's history. The seven-figure global audience marked a 55% increase over 2020 and a 29% increase over 2019. The sellout crowd of 51,326 broke SummerSlam records for indoor attendance, which by the way, as far as I know, they only had a they were only set up for about 44, so I don't know how that happened. With tickets purchased by fans from all 50 states, Saturday's live gate was more than four times greater than the last SummerSlam held with fans in 2019. Merchandise, 155, 155% over 2019. SummerSlam set a new sponsorship record growing 25% versus 2019. And with more than 4 million views, Brock Lesnar's return became WWE's most watched Instagram video of all time surpassing the video of John Cena's return at Money in the Bank. SummerSlam videos generate more than 1 billion views across WWE's social platforms. I guess it was a good day out for WWE is what they're saying. Sounds like it. It's interesting because we're seeing a lot more of these press releases, and I think it's because of the competition. So you've got WWE that puts these out pretty frequently about here's what we've done. AEW, they actually are smart about it. They don't put out their own press release that TNT does it. So they back door have somebody else brag about us, not we won't do the bragging. I don't know why Fox and NBC don't put this stuff out. Specifically NBC with Peacock. This had to be great for them on Peacock. I can't imagine anything else on Peacock is pulling in this kind of numbers. No, I don't think the office reruns or anything like that are really just making the day for Peacock in general. Like Peacock is, they don't have it. It doesn't, I don't know. Maybe they have not live sports or anything on there. I don't pay attention. So I don't know. I hate being on there, so I try not to spend any time there. There you go. So, yeah, so it was a good day out, 155% over 2019. The thing is, all the other numbers make sense when you look at the crowd, right? You have a 52,000-person crowd versus a 12,000-person crowd. Of course, your sales are going to be up. In fact, it's a bad number to say 155%, because bad number per head, right? You If you have 50,000 people in there and you're making $10 per head, it should be up more than 155%. You, you would think you'd be able to sell those tickets at a higher price or something like that for that venue, but maybe not. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting way to use the statistics. Yeah. What's interesting. I, I, Nick Curran talked to Ariel Holani over the weekend and they covered a lot of ground and it seems like more and more stuff is getting put out every day. But Nick Kern is a very good businessman. I can tell that from everything that he's talking about. So I think that we're going to see a, a lot of interesting figures, facts and figures come out. And these sponsorship things are going to become more and more obvious to us. I, yeah. So so the only line that I disliked from the Nick Khan going through the transcripts and stuff like that, and I, I despise it when it happens on AEW too, is we're just focused on ourselves. So yeah. true. It's not true. That's not true for my business. That's not true for any other business that I know. If you think... Your business is going so well that you don't need to take a look at externals, competition, whether it's inside of the uh, entertainment 
industry that you're in or ex external to that, you're not doing business a service. You have to be paying attention to everything that's going on around you because you don't know where you need to defend. You don't need to, where you need to attack. It's just not part of it. So saying you're not paying attention because you're doing your own thing is ridiculous. It's, it's interesting. You put the interview with Nick Kerr alongside the earnings call, last earnings call where they talked about competition. But Vince was like, oh, AEW is really not our competition, not the way that WCW was. And then you'd have Nick the next breath saying, Everything is our competition. So what Nick said in the Ariel Helwani video, we concentrate on ourselves. I think it's like a, it's a macro statement, I think, because it's, we're concentrating on what we're putting out and our competition has to be, the competition has to be everything. I think that's what he did say that he needed to say there, right? Is that we have to figure out how people will watch our stuff versus the Pacquiao fight versus sports. He talked about how they're looked there. They analyzed the calendar for days where there shouldn't be a scoring event that there's not an event and they try to capitalize on that like new year's new year's day or new year's eve whatever it is that they're putting out the pay-per-view this year they said there used to be sports of that way it used to be college football and now it's not there so it seemed like an opening so we're jumping in so you can see that they are analyzing the competition just wasn't clear about that England. yeah i just, just i i get it you're the big dog and you want to brush off the little guy or the upstart or whatever you don't want to give him any shine and i get it in this today's internet world like obviously the dirt sheets would spackle that all over if nick Khan was paying attention but to say that they're not is just disingenuous and it's the same thing on the AEW side when chris jericho says they're not paying attention to wb product come on chris yes you are they are because they respond to it. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they both pluck back and forth, whether it's, you know, actually a lot worse about it. Like is because Tony enjoys it. One though, in, in WWE fans will hate this, but when you're the under guy, you're allowed to take shots up. Sure. You're not supposed to shoot and take shots down, but we see Seth Rollins, maybe borrowing a catchphrase here and there, or Drew McIntyre going in on fireworks and stuff like we see a little bit here and there. And you know what, honestly, for the non-cooperative companies, I don't mind that banter. I think as a fan, I, I actually enjoy it. I think they should be, they're all friends. Take a look yeah. at their social media. Take a look at their Instagram. They're all hanging out by the pool with each other. They don't care guys. All right, so that is, that's the SummerSlam headline. Raw for next week, we have three matches, all of them grudge matches, so to speak. We have Dewdrop versus Eva Marie. We have Lashley versus Sheamus. And we have Miz versus Morse. All those matches announced for next week's Monday Night Raw. AEW is making their Virginia debut for Dynamite and Rampage on November 17th. Hangman Page is the featured athlete in the, in the graphic, so... I would expect a big night for him there, and it is his home state, so. Dallas Creek. And we're still on Adam Cole watch. There's no news. There is no news of anything of him re-signing with WWE. We are pretty, pretty much 100% confident that he is not going back to NXT. That's been out there from multiple news sites, reputable news sites at this there's, point. There's no news? There's no, no, none. 40% off on all of his apparel. We don't have him scrubbing his social media of all WWE content. No news. There's no news. Okay. Not yet. All right. Not yet. The, even the 40% off, they do this for every pay-per-view and stuff like that. It's not, I, I would not read into that. How about scrubbing his social media? I haven't seen that. Yeah. So. 
NXT tonight, we have the breakout tournament finals, Carmelo Hayes versus Odyssey Jones, Timothy Thatcher versus Rich Holland, Hit Row versus Legato Del Fantasma, Casey Catanzaro and Kate Carter versus Gigi Nolan and JC Jane, Kaylee Ray versus In Action, and Boa In Action. So is this the first taped one? This is this was taped yesterday. Okay. We are in a tape show tonight. Mm-hmm. And they've got two more that they're taping today for the next two weeks. And then it's not clear if they're returning to live after that or not, but we know that the product will be substantially different three weeks from now. Okay. So this should be more of the same with the same kind of. It should be, but you know, it should be the same and things like that. So we might see the branding completely different. I know there's a bunch of people that like, <laughs> have yeah. really been around BOA. Like, yeah. When you look at the lineup, it's starting to change and. I think even, I think in, in the interview, Nick Khan said that we're going to really see the change in three weeks after this set of tapings, because they get these tapings out of the way, then they can redo the CWC and all that stuff and redo the locals and get ready for three weeks from now. So I would expect the, what is it? The first one is toward the end of September. So you've got the, this one and then you've got 831 and then nine, seven or whatever it is. And then that, whatever one comes after that, 914, that's going to be the one. Got it. AEW this week, we have the Varsity Belongs versus the Lucha Bros in a tag team title eliminator. Red Velvet versus Jimmy Hader. Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson. And Sam Phelps Dynamite debut. So, not a killer lineup, to be honest, except for the punk thing is probably going to cause some curiosity. So, a lot of young wrestlers there. Yeah, a lot of young talent. Yep. All right. With that said, Trams, anything else you want to cover down today? No, I think we did it as good as we could have without me marking out too hard on the CM Punk thing coming in. I think I properly established how actually, how important the moment is. And I saw the slam. I saw Bash the Beach. And I saw this. And it feels like it's that kind of moment. And man, his time in the ring... Gosh, that's like chills worthy stuff. Even when I go back, I clicked on it the other day, just yesterday and watched it again. And God, it's so nice to have raw mics back, ready to go. Not overproduced. Let's give it to me from your guts type wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. So see you, punk. He's back and we'll be back tomorrow. John Smith will be here to talk about whatever news comes out of NXT tonight. And that's a wrap for us. We'll see you tomorrow.